May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Remember that thou art dust, and to dust shalt thou return. With those words on Ash Wednesday, the season of Lent begins. And every year, as I say those words and make the sign of the cross in ashes on people's foreheads, I wonder if we modern Christians really think much about what those words mean. Remember that thou art dust, and to dust shalt thou return. Nowadays, I've thought that perhaps the priest should put it more bluntly and say, remember that you are going to die. Now those rather uncomfortable words become frankly shocking, especially for all of us who in this day and age have consciously or unconsciously bought into the current cultural lie that if we eat right, take vitamins, and go to the gym, we will live forever. Remember that you are going to die. The father of Western monasticism, St. Benedict, once said that people should keep death daily before their eyes. It sounds like a rather depressing dictum at first blush, but fundamentally, it is a call to life. When you keep death daily before your eyes, you remember that every day is a gift from God, and that each day should be lived deliberately, not floated through at random. For Christians, though, to keep death daily before our eyes also carries with it the seed of hope and it points us to our ultimate goal. The hope, of course, is our new life beyond death with and in the risen Christ. Our goal is the promised land, the kingdom of God. So we Christians are not wandering aimlessly through this world. We know where we are going. We are going to the kingdom of God and following Christ, who brought us out of slavery to sin and death on the cross, and is our way to that promised land. Knowing where we are going and why we are going there gives shape and purpose to our days. At the very least, I think it means that each day we get up and are deliberate in seeking Jesus so that we can be on the way for today. The reminder of death gives our daily life an urgency that I think otherwise we lose. When we assume that we will live forever, it is easy to put off following Christ until tomorrow and tomorrow, and tomorrow. But when we face our mortality each day, 
then every day is charged with the fullness of our whole life today. And I think it leads us each morning then to answer the big question, will we follow Jesus today or not? That is a question that is at the heart of the daily office readings appointed for this, the first week of Lent, particularly in the reading from the epistle to the Hebrews. The author of Hebrews, as many of you may know, was writing towards the end of the first century to a primarily Jewish Christian congregation. And frankly, he was worried about them. He was concerned about their flagging faithfulness. It seems that they had initially been on fire for the gospel, but as time passed and as life rolled on in its well-worn paths, they'd become lukewarm, and some had even begun turning back to their old Judaism. So he set out in this letter to recall them to the way, to Christ, by reminding them of all that Jesus had already done for them, of all that he was doing for them. And then in the light of that, he sought to encourage them to hold fast to the faith and follow Jesus every day. He makes his case in the letter to the Hebrews, using the contours of the great Jewish story of the Exodus. In broad strokes, he compares the daily life of faith to the 40 years of wilderness wandering of the Israelites following their rescue, their salvation from slavery in Egypt. Now, it was a story that obviously would have resonated deeply with his readers, those Jewish Christians who, every year on the Passover, retold and at some level even relived the events of that time in their history. Then he makes his main point. Jesus is greater than Moses. That their redemption and rescue in Jesus is greater than their escape from slavery to the Egyptians. Because Jesus didn't just save them from a temporary worldly oppression, but save them from slavery to sin and death. The author goes on to show that the journey with Moses and Joshua to the Promised Land was merely a foreshadowing of the journey with Jesus to the kingdom of God. Given all that, then, he basically challenges his readers with the question, are you going to follow Christ today? Or are you going to turn back to whatever your spiritual Egypt might be? And so keeping that general contour in line, hear today's reading from Hebrews chapter 2. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, 
that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now again, remembering the comparative theme of Hebrews, the Exodus and Moses, and approach the passage in that light. If you remember in the book of Exodus, Moses, a Hebrew, ended up being raised by Pharaoh's daughter, almost, as the movie title indicates, as the prince of Egypt. He was above all of the pain of those Hebrew slaves, and he could have stayed there, but he did not. He was distressed by their slavery and the genocide. So he ended up fighting for them, and finally being called by God to lead them out of Egypt into the Promised Land. During the years of wilderness wandering, Moses endured and suffered right alongside the Israelites, going through all that they went through. And on multiple occasions, when the people fell into sin, Moses pleaded with God on their behalf. Although his brother would be the first to bear the official title high priest, the real high priest of the story is actually Moses. And he was indeed a merciful priest for the Israelites. And it was for all of that that Moses was the great hero of the Old Testament. But Moses was not perfect. Sure, he knew their fears and struggles and temptations because he lived them too. But he also fell to them. And it is because of that that he himself will not enter the promised land. Moses, yes, did help the people escape from worldly oppression, but he couldn't free them from sin or death. And yes, Moses could offer sacrifices for them, but goats and doves and bulls cannot wash away human sin and iniquity. So as great as Moses was, he simply was not great enough. And that, says the author of Hebrews to his readers, is the whole point and reason to hold fast to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is greater than Moses. And he will go on to explain in the letter that really Jesus not only gave up a palace... He gave up his throne in the kingdom of heaven. The one through whom all things were created was willing to become part of that broken creation in order to stand in solidarity with us. He really knows our fears, our struggles, our temptations. But the difference, says the author of Hebrews, is that he did not fall to them. 
He redeemed us out of slavery to sin and death so that we need not fear death. And Jesus is the merciful and faithful high priest because he not only understands what we go through, but more importantly, he made full propitiation and atonement for our sins. Not with some poor animal, but with his own life. That means that we can be right with God and enter into God's presence in the ultimate promised land. The throne room of God himself. And with that, the author of Hebrews reminds his readers of the big picture. Christ saved them from sin for freedom in Christ. And Christ will lead them day by day to the promised land, the kingdom of God. But then the last sentence of this passage, building upon the fact of that great salvation in Christ, moves us to the daily life of his readers, to our daily life. He wrote, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted day by day. Now that verse is also related to the Exodus story and all the temptations that the Israelites faced as they crossed the desert wastelands of the Sinai Peninsula. They were hungry and thirsty and scared a lot. And in spite of having seen and benefited from all of God's mighty works, the Passover, the crossing of the Red Sea, water in the desert, manna and meat, they continually fell into distrust of God. And they kept looking back over their shoulders to Egypt, longing for its pots of meat and cucumbers. And in the incident of the golden calf, they took it to the extreme, longing even for its idols. They were a stiff-necked bunch. And think about it, if you're always looking over your shoulder, eventually you get a stiff neck. And it's really hard to look ahead. Well, the writer of Hebrews, seeing this happen to his flock, calls them to look forward. He calls them to remember all that Christ has done and to walk with him day by day on the right way instead of getting lost, wandering in circles in the middle of the wilderness. So in addition to reminding them of their goal, he reminds them that Jesus is in fact with them every day there to help them in their daily temptations and struggles so that they can keep going in the right direction. And frankly, my friends, that matters an awful lot. Because the fact is, most of us don't live daily with death before our eyes. We have a hard time holding on to the goal of life and the wonder of our salvation. Most of us tend to live in the daily round of morning traffic, annoyances with work, the dishwasher breaking down, too many errands, family problems, bills and taxes. 
The big picture of our salvation and our hope tends to get blotted out by the post-it note worries of every day. And that's when it's easy to get lost, to lose focus. We forget where we are going, who we are following, and why we are going there in the first place. And we just start wandering around in circles, looking over our shoulders at our various Egypts. That is not what Jesus wants for us. He has brought us out of slavery for freedom so that we can fully be God's people. And Hebrews tells us that we can trust in Christ, not just as our Savior, but as our brother, to help us navigate each day. He tells us that we can ask Jesus for help in our daily struggles. For Christ is not just some pie-in-the-sky, by-and-by Savior, but he is a very present help in troubles. And I don't know about you, but that means a whole lot to me. I need Jesus day by day, as my Savior certainly, but also as my brother in just getting through today. Some of you know that I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis a little over a year ago. And it started with six weeks of vertigo when I was so dizzy that I could hardly walk some days, I couldn't drive for over a month, and I could barely make it down the aisle at church without falling over. And then my right arm was numb for three months so that when I was at the communion rail handing out the bread, I had to look down to make sure I had actually picked up a communion wafer each time I pressed it into the hands of one of my parishioners. Death is daily before my eyes. I know that today is this amazing gift from God. And I want to live each day that I am blessed with to his honor and glory. I want to share the good news of the gospel because it is the only hope in a broken world and it is the joy of my life. But some days it's hard to hold on to that. And on those days, I turn to Christ who is my savior but who is also my brother. I know that as my brother, he was the one who held me up so that I could make it down the center aisle of church. He was the one that held my hand when I couldn't feel anything else. He is my strength against the temptation to throw in the towel and curl up in a ball and just die some days. And on the days when I look over my shoulder at my Egypts, all those things that I looked forward to doing before all this happened, he's there to help me turn around and keep walking forward with him to the promised land. Now, that's probably way more than y'all wanted to know, but I share it because I want you to know 
how real it is that Christ is with you this day as your Savior, but also as your brother, your friend. That he is here today to help you through whatever burdens or fears or worry you carry today with whatever trials and temptations you are wrestling with today. He is with you. He is gently leading you so that you can fulfill your calling as a Christian today. And he is here to remind you of his amazing love for you so that you can draw near to the throne of grace and receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need today. Follow Christ. Hold tight to him today.